All right, so welcome. Welcome back to the Collecting Heroes podcast. I am your host, JD, the collector of collectors, if you will. And I talk to pop culture collectors from around the world. And today's guest is a collector who I've already had a conversation with and has been gracious enough to give me her time a second time because unfortunately due to technical issues we lost the audio of our first conversation it was such a great conversation and as i have said to her it's not you know so much that we lost that getting to know you conversation but now we're like familiar friends who get to catch up again and, and have this conversation over again so thank you very much for being back on the podcast can you please raise your wands and give a magical welcome to my next guest victoria mclean thank you very much for being on the show again Oh, you're very welcome, Penny. It is absolutely being here, even a second time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had such a fantastic conversation last time. I think, like, I mean, even, like, the video that we have, and, you know, obviously you and I both screen recorded this because we had technical issues last time when we were trying to record, and it was 70 or more minutes worth of conversation that we had on there. I think only part of that was the uh, was the episode itself, but we had taken so long to chat even before and after and it, I just felt really comfortable talking to you. We had some some great conversations, some great laughs. So I'm really happy to talk to you again. And um, yeah, even though, as I mentioned earlier, we might rehash some of the things I've already asked you and you may have to retell some of the stories for our listeners. I'm still super happy to have you. So thank you very much. Let's start from the beginning, you know, part of the conversation that, as I said, I'm already familiar with, but I'd love for our listeners to know. Tell me a little bit about the story of how Victoria came to be a Harry Potter and a Wizarding World fan. Uh, where did your love for Harry Potter first start? It started with a book. It actually, I mean, obviously in the podcast, they can't really see it, but it started with this Harry Potter Smarties edition book back in 2001. I mean, as you can see, JD, it's completely and utterly ruined now because it's been loved <laughs> Yes. so much it really has but I, I i'm dyslexic um i'd never picked up a book before um to actually like a novel to read it and i was pregnant with my son couldn't do anything because obviously the pregnancy was a difficult one and so i kept hearing about this harry potter harry potter harry potter <laughs> uh, constantly on a program over here that we have called blue peter and uh, JK Rowling was interviewed on the show as well and it, I just thought I love magic I love kind of the whole idea of magical schools and castles even though I was 21 the whole idea of magic was still very much within me and so I went and I, I managed to get the book from uh, Waterstones in Telford it was on a table as I walked in and it was just shining at me I just had to go and grab it and so it took me two weeks to get through the book the most magical two weeks of my life at that point because i've been transported into this beautiful wizarding world wow. and that was kind of where it all started but of course you can't go to hogwarts we'd love to admit that we can and so we in when i started collecting it was because i wanted to bring hogwarts to me and even back then in 2001 when the even before the films were properly released companies were still releasing lots of beautiful collectibles that were based on the books not the films and so I just started oh, yeah. kind of immersing myself in these beautiful magical objects 
and yeah it kind of got a little bit obsessive as you can tell <laughs> and there was a second book i from if i remember rightly from our first conversation that was very dear to you as well when you started collecting that you were using to collect a lot of pieces what, what was that book right. it's the harry potter collectible guide and it was released in 2010 there were two there was one in 2001 that was released it was a collectible book but it was very kind of almost immature in a way but not in a in like a childish way it was quite young um but then this book that was um this harry potter collecting guide that was released in 2010 became my bible because it was full of all sorts of beautiful things i had no idea even existed and i just started kind of using it as my catalog for what i wanted so obviously back then in 2010 you know, you could buy loads of things that weren't expensive at all. They were fairly cheap. Mm. Go through, find something beautiful, look it up on eBay. And then that was the next thing that arrived in my house. But now it's sadly not as easy as that because obviously, as you know, prices have just skyrocketed yeah. since that 12 years ago. And prices have tripled, sometimes quadrupled since that, uh, that day back in 2010 when I started kind of going through all these books. And obviously the popularity of the movies really, really would, would catapult a lot of the prices of those things that you were getting originally as well. So the things that you yeah. got before, like all the movies were out, would probably, as you mentioned, be a fraction of the cost. And now, you know, they're obviously going up in value a lot more and hardcore well, collectors obviously okay. are willing to pay a lot of money. This is it. Amazingly, um, the things that came out pre-film, uh, pre so they were based on the books, they're not worth much at all, sadly. They're, they're, because even though they're beautiful, people really want the items that were from the films. So oh. the films have gone up ridiculous amounts of money. Um, but pre-Harry Potter, pre-movies, um, pre not so much. So it's quite shocking, really, that you can get them for not a bad price. Of those things that you've been collecting over the years, what would you say your favourite favorite item in your collection would be? I have um, a replica, a mini replica of Dumbledore's office, and it was created by a friend of mine called Valentine's Miniatures, who literally lives at the road from me. He lives in Swansea. And he did a 124th, no, one one 112th scale, I think it is, of Dumbledore's office, an almost exact replica in a cabinet. And the detail in this cabinet is just exquisite. Even Warner Brothers themselves have celebrated his work. It's so beautiful. Mm. It took 11 months to make this one cabinet. Outside is all 24 karat gold leaf. It's beautiful. Oh, wow. It's got forks. It's got the telescope that goes on top of his office. His desk is beautifully replicated. And when I bought it, I think I paid about £1,400 for it, um, but I paid in instalments because that's a lot of money for anybody. Yeah. Uh, it, it's got a gorgeous um, little vial of my mum's ashes inside because my mum sadly passed away uh, seven years ago. And so Sean was very kind enough to put a little vial inside with her ashes. Oh, that's she's, a fan. she's a huge Harry Potter fan. Nice. Uh, now it's valued from between twenty to thirty thousand pounds. The cabinet. What? It's it, it's ridiculous. It's not even official an official item, but it's it's that detailed and that beautifully made that it is just incredible how much people are willing to pay for his work. And he doesn't make them 
he doesn't make them to get to earn money he does them at cost because he does it as a hobby yeah yeah okay and he, he absolutely loves it and this cabinet has so much detail it's his favorite out of all the cabinets he's ever made that one is his favorite and it sits in my front room it is just every time you look at it there's something you've missed when you've seen it when you've looked in it previously it's beautiful absolutely beautiful so if you were to have to uh you know scale your collection down would that be one of the things that you would definitely be keeping and using it maybe as a place to display some of the other pieces oh, within? i've even said to my children that when i go they sell any one of my items but not that but that cabinet has to stay in the family uh, because i mean one of his cabinets i have two of his cabinets i did have four but i've downsized my collection but he's but his work is it's exquisite it's you you can't you you as much as miniature miniature items are beautiful there's some miniatures that don't look like the real thing they look like miniatures they look yeah. like they're just old houses this looks like you would expect Dumbledore just to start walking up the steps or something. Oh, wow. It's so beautifully done, so beautiful. And talking about that, when you talk about you know getting rid of some of the pieces in your collection, and we're talking about your collection, uh, people may not be familiar uh, with you. Some listeners may be, but for anyone who's not familiar with Victoria, she actually one of the reasons I I found her and, and wanted to have her on the podcast is that. She at one point was the Guinness World Record holder for, and let me get me this right, Wizarding World memorabilia, right? Not Harry Potter collectors, like <laughs> Wizarding World memorabilia. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, three thousand six hundred and eighty-six items uh, back three years ago, and now I've I would never do the re the record again ever. It was so much hard work, but I now <laughs> have over thousand items. Because I'm obviously as a as a as a uh, Wizarding World YouTuber, I get sent so, so much every week to share with people that my house is just behind the camera. Lost seven thousand. Wow, that's such yeah. a huge amount. And we we spoke about this last time as well, and you just touched on it. The fact I remember asking you, would you consider going after the record again? Because now it's held by a woman by the name of Tracy Nicole Lewis who has over 5,000 pieces is the official record. Um, and as you said, you've got, you've got 7,000. So last time I, I asked you about that and said, would you do it again? And you said, definitely not. It was such a, a headache, such a, such a long drawn out process. <laughs> Tell people a little bit about that process and how you had to go about getting this record. So, well, let's, let's start from the beginning. Let's start from when you first found out about the record, who had it before you and then the process that you went through to get that record? I found out about the record. There's a gentleman called Asher in uh, Mexico who held the record for the largest Harry Potter collection. And I think his was something like 2,000 or, or just over 3,000. And I thought, oh, I can beat that. You know, I could do that. <laughs> but when I counted I it, have as much as him and so i waited a few years and then because he had the record for a long time yeah um and then i thought you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna start i think i think i just started my degree my film and tv degree and i thought you know, i've got i've got some spare time before i start uni i've got a couple of weeks you know i'll start mm -hmm. i'll start photographing everything you know i think it was something like eight months later i finally finished photographing everything 
because when you do the record, first of all, you've got to apply to do the record. You can't just send your items in. You have to apply and give mm. them a rough you want to do the record. So I photographed, I got the um, I got the approval. I started photographing everything, every single item, all official. Have to do it all official. No unofficial items can be counted. And you can't like buy a pack of cards with different pictures on them um, because they're a pack of cards that has to be counted as one item, not individual items. So if you had uh, if you had four packets of cards with each house on them, for example, that would only yeah. count as one item. Is that right? If you had four packs cards with 52 cards in each pack then that's counted as four packs four items okay i've i say i get what you mean it's not 52 items obviously like yeah. you can't yeah. i, I get what you mean yeah if you had um i bought a um a pack of when you buy those those sticker books that you buy like five stickers at a time mm -hmm. You can count that as individual because you can buy them separately. Yep. So if you can go up and buy an item separately or in a pack, that means you can You It's very complicated, but yeah, that means you can as individual. So obviously after I photographed everything, then you have to catalog everything individually. Then you have to um, either have somebody come to your own property um, as well as some members of the public to view your collection in full um, or you can pack your items up, take them to a, a location nearby, a public location. Which is what you do. Which is what I did. Put them all on display and then the members of the public are invited to come and see it to prove that it's genuine. Then you have to have two approved people that either you've chosen or Guinness have chosen to count your items. And it's all got to be filmed. Everything's got to be filmed in one go. Then you have to send all that proof off to um, Guinness. And they, the people who have counted it have to fill out um, a, a list of uh, questions that they're asked by Guinness as well. You have to have headed letters from these people that you've chosen. They can't so they be, can't, those two people can't be like someone from your family either or someone like it no. has to be someone who's like an impartial sort of person. That, Is that right? I, it was a professional uh, seller and collector. So he... And he was a reverend, which really helped because, obviously, you know, they are trusted. <laughs> uh, so he head collector. And then my other person I had obviously had to be approved by Guinness was Sean Valentine, who made my Dumbledore's office cabinet because oh. he's in the industry. Yeah. Um, so I had those two people. They were filmed, counted every single item individually. It took uh, three days to do. And then all of that information has to be sent to Guinness and then it's between three and five months wait to find out if you've been awarded your Guinness World Record. But because the BBC were helping me, uh, they actually got them to do it quicker. So I actually had the BBC nagging them, you know, do you have a result <laughs> got the record yet? We filmed and this they, and we want to put it on TV and announce it. That, yeah. yeah. You know, we've got a time schedule here, you know. Um, <laughs> They messaged me to say that we can't award you the Harry Potter record because you have Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts and Cursed Child in your collection, um, which I already asked them if that was fine. But they said, we can award you the Wizarding World record, which was created for me. Oh, so, so you were officially the first person to hold I, that record. Okay. Uh, would have had to have gone through Warner Brothers and rolling to be allowed to use that title 
so it was crazy that they had to go through that to allow me to have the record of Wizarding World collector. So I was very, I found it on my birthday as well, the morning of my birthday. Perfect. And I screamed so loudly that my son came running down, my youngest, who's named Harry after Harry <laughs> Potter. Uh, he was kind of, he just completely was just over the moon. Then we both just screamed around the house and filmed it because we were just so happy. So obviously birthday. I'd been exactly i because i've been following my progress for my youtube channel as well and so even though it was absolutely incredible as an autistic girl it was incredibly hard for me to do to follow the the, the, the paperwork they needed me to follow that the list of things they needed me to put into place the way they had to have it because you had to have it in certain ways it was so hard but I did it. I achieved it. I did it. I'm in the book twice and I'm happy. So perfect, perfect. and actually I think I if I remember correctly um from our original conversation you were an avid reader of Guinness World Record books as a child growing up because of um you know being dyslexic they were sort of you know something easier for to read at the time and a bit more interesting with the pictures and the descriptions and things like that. Exactly. That right? bite to meet for me every Christmas and I remember saying to her I'm going to be in the Guinness World Record one day mum I'm going to be in it I'm going to be in it I didn't know how I had no idea how I didn't know what I was going to be in it for <laughs> but I that was when I was young I knew that was one of the goals I wanted to achieve and I achieved it twice so I'm really happy <laughs> that's that's amazing that, that's absolutely amazing and I love that and also um the local uh rugby club I think it was gave you their their hall to put all the things in how many trips did it take like how did you transport oh. like third what is it 3600 plus pieces how how do you go about transporting that all to a venue like how many I car trips like did you hire a truck what, what did you do no i had a seven seater car and it must have been nine nine trips and it was just it was crazy because my house my house was empty after i i did it after i took everything out yeah because i was so close to sleeping up there because it was i didn't finish till god knows what time in the morning i was so tired because you have to lay it out individually in the sections it will be in for them to count so even though the hall was fairly big it wasn't big enough for my collection so i was using the tables the chairs the floors the stage the windowsills um, anything my collection on i would find some way of putting it on they even let me tables from the rooms in the and the other part of the rugby club because i just there was no room for my collection and it, that was when it was i mean it's it's over double again now so i'd need a huge venue if i was going to do it again and mm. i i can one venue and i dread to think how much that would cost to hire so <laughs> it, uh, yeah i it took that's money you could be spending on more things for your collection exactly right um, <laughs> day to transport things back and forth because luckily the rugby club is only up the road so it, it was literally five minute drive but it was back and forth back and forth back and forth and then of course packing everything up do it back and forth back and forth back and forth it just took so long to do it was crazy absolutely crazy just wow. mental yeah no I, I mean that sounds like it and i mean what nine trips in a seven person like a minivan or whatever it is it's like that's basically like moving house almost like with that many which leads me to, to my next question how do you go 
for space within your house. Like how big is your house that you now house 7,000 pieces? Where do you put it all? Oh, my house isn't big. We live in a, a three-bedroom house. So we we haven't got a big house, but if you come into my home, from the outside, my house looks like any normal semi-detached house, normal yep. family home, no hints of Harry Potter outside at all. And then you walk in and it just hits you like a brick. It is just crazy because every cupboard, drawer, wardrobe, under the bed, box, trunk, attic, every single nook and cranny box you see is full of items and i'm not good at hiding it all so at the moment as i said <laughs> the other side of the camera is chaos so it's just mental and i've just started doing disney merchandise on my channel as well so oh, i've got disney no. as well no stop 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 just don't <laughs> Don't do it. Don't go down that path. Look, I love Disney as well, but like, if you're going to be collecting Wizarding World and Disney, you're gonna just you're gonna have to tell your husband to take up a second job because you're gonna need another mortgage for another house. Like, there is too much Disney stuff. There's too much. Please stop, Victoria. Don't do it. Oh, <laughs> I mean, my friends came over. My social media manager came over last year and she she looked at the wall behind the camera and she said you know what she said you could fill this with shelves to make more room and enabler she did it i ordered the shelves and it just gave me more of an excuse to get more items <laughs> <laughs> well i mean obviously that like, she's got a vested interest right as your social media manager she needs you exactly. to keep reviewing things she needs you to keep putting out content so yeah. i i get it i get it like i see where she's coming from here but <laughs> I, I i think i remember if i remember rightly from our first conversation uh she also gets a little bit of perks of sometimes when you're reviewing things and you get sent things she sometimes gets to take some of those items as well exactly. is she a disney fan is she the one that reached out and got them to, to get oh, the things i'm the disney fan she is a Dobby fan. Oh. She is a huge Dobby fan. So I did a review of Muckle Mannequin's life-size Dobby, which I don't even know how much they cost. They're how not big is cheap. That? Life size, like he, how was that was, four foot? Was, how old is he? He was about he's about three and a half foot, but then he's got a really amazing base as well. Okay. He's a proper kind of it's an official item and he muckle mannequins does the most amazing replicas i know you're a big uh, batman fan yeah of course and he does, he does the new robin patterson batman with the mask oh my life fantastic movie batman. fantastic movie wasn't it just yes i love uh but he does all of those and dobby is just a wonderful addition to his um artwork and he sent me one to unbox and of course, Janice had to take it home, didn't she? So I get to see <laughs> him. So she got the perk of having him take it. She took him home. So she was very happy. Well, look, I mean, given the amount of space that you have in your place and how many things you have, I mean, a four foot statue, it's probably something she probably did you a favor, I'd say, by taking that. I think, you. No, I think she did. Yeah. And actually, let's go back to uh, a point that you made or something you mentioned earlier um in regards to your film degree tell me a little bit about your film degree and how does that factor in with your love of harry potter and the wizarding world as well i'm, I'm really lucky because my my lecturers have allowed me to use my youtube channel as my work so nice. even 
film degree, which I'm very proud of myself. I got a distinction in my second year, so I'm very happy about that. So I'm hoping well in my last year, which is this one. And they've allowed me to kind of immerse my love of Harry Potter into my film degree. So almost everything I've talked about has been about Harry Potter and my YouTube channel and and they they're, they're so appreciative of it they're even thinking of changing the film and TV degree to film and social media degree because of the fact that they have a YouTuber um who's working on her work there and it's kind of they're moving into the 21st century because people are a really kind of focusing Victoria, on Victoria a woman of change they changed the name of things in the Guinness World Record they're now going to change the name of your degree look at you you're affecting <laughs> change in the world as well as bringing happiness to other collectors <laughs> but I I'm really lucky um last um my last piece has been about uh filming I wanted to do my last piece of work on a filming locations Harry Potter filming locations yeah. and so I was kind of allowed to go to these filming locations and film for my degree Harry Potter filming locations and of course the last place that I did was uh the real for Privet Drive so that today yes that exactly so that is uh, part of my final pieces for my degree so hopefully I will graduate in July and then I'll move on to my master's, which won't be as easy. I think they might make it a little bit harder for me, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're obviously very dedicated. Anyone who can collect that many pieces, who can take uh, the better part of a year or so to, you know, get themselves in the Guinness World Record and then go through and get distinctions already in their degree. I'm sure if you really want to do the master's and put your head to it, you could Yay. do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, another thing that we spoke about, I know that your film degree uh, is, is one thing, obviously, that you do, but you have the, a bit of a family connection as well with your children, sort of there's a little bit of a film or movie kind of legacy that's happening as well. Yeah, I started, um, I, I was, I worked on, I've been, been on set as, a, as a, an extra for years. And I stopped doing that because the money was terrible. Um, but then my daughter decided she wanted to do media uh, in college. And so she did very well. She, um, I don't know what, what mark she got. I think she got a pass because there was a problem with her last piece, but that was to do with the lecturers, not her. Let's and just say she got an A. Pardon? We'll, we'll just say she got an A. We'll just say she- Exactly, she, she got an A, she yeah, got an A. Yeah. And, and um, she kept, being asked or oh, sorry she was invited to go to London for a week with I can't remember what it's called it's something to do with film and it's like um an introduction to the film um film world as in working on set and that kind of uh, aspect mm -hmm. and she was the she got an award for the uh, the best person that week and then a few months later she kept getting these emails from this company saying that they wanted her to apply for this job something to do with locations and she came downstairs and she said mum she said i keep getting these emails about to apply for this job and i don't know what to do and i said you you gotta try yeah even if you get it monica you've just gotta try don't yeah. hold back do it you know 100 and it turned out that it was for star wars working on um the last jedi wow and the, was it the last? No, it wasn't the last Jedi. It was the Rise of Skywalker. Sorry, the last. So the one. final, the yeah, final one of the series. The final yeah, yeah. one, and she was working on locations. Um, she got the job, and uh, now she's 
worked on the, some of the biggest films out there, including the new Little Mermaid film where she was working. Um, she worked in Sardinia for six weeks. She watched the entire film. She's going to be in the credits. She's now working on the new Snow White Disney film. And she now works for Disney. So in London, in Pinewood. So it's it's kind of crazy how she went into media in, in college and then obviously got, she obviously got, did something right because she was noticed by these people. They kept nagging her to try for this job. And now she's earning the most amazing amount of money, uh, which is mental. And she's loving her job. She's working the job that she could only dream about at the age of 23. Well, that's, so, that's, that's worth more than all that money, right? Like, I mean, the, the fact that exactly. you can do a job you love and, and something that you're passionate about, especially something like yeah. that that can bring like working on movies that bring joy to millions of people worldwide you know especially like a large franchise like star wars and and when you oh talk about snow white uh um was it snow white you said just a second ago snow white yeah sorry yeah, yeah. yeah so i mean these are you know these are things that are synonymous in pop culture right and and to be a part of that that like you said that's the dream that's i'm i'm jealous i'm jealous but i'm also <laughs> extremely happy for her and uh yeah if she's doing any work on any future batman movies obviously you know you have to hook me up there so we'll you know we've, that, we've already had that discussion we have. <laughs> when she, we actually got to go on star wars set for the day and we went on the millennium falcon and we met chewie and we met r2d2 and it was just oh, wow. it was crazy my husband's a massive Star Wars fan, so for him it was it was crazy because the, the stormtroopers that were there all dressed up, they allowed you to play with the guns. So they yeah. hand them to you, could pretend to fire them and do things on set. And it was so surreal. It was just mental. Even, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan, but even I could fully appreciate that. Oh, 100%. I mean, well, that'd be like you, I guess, if you got to be on set, you know, for uh you know the last wizarding world movie or something like you know um for the the dumbledore movie which i haven't seen yet so uh oh. i i've i've i know I've, I've heard that it's a it's a good movie as well and uh i've heard good things and i i really am looking forward to seeing that one eventually as well i mean that's another place you know you talk about these things on these film sets uh the wizarding world places within universal uh, universal <laughs> The Wizarding World places within Universal um, Studios. I've been to a couple of those. I've been to the one in LA and I've been to the one in Tokyo as well. And they're fantastic. Yeah. I absolutely love them. Do you spend a lot of time traveling and going to places like that and visiting, you know, those, those as well as the, the film sets? Do you get to visit places like that as well? I do. I've been, I've been to the, the London studio. The, um Harry Potter studio tour in Watford in London. Mm. I've been my 31st visit in two weeks. Oh. So even though it's not the Wizarding World in Florida, Tokyo, you know, California and that sort of thing, it's yeah. where they film it. So for me, that is the number one place around. It's got Diagon um, Alley, right? It's got Diagon Alley, it's got Gringotts, it's got Forbidden Forest, it's got Platform 9 and 3 quarters, it's got the Great Hall. It is the most amazing, immersive experience you could ever ask for. No matter how many times you go, there's always something you haven't seen before. You're making me jealous, Victoria. 30 <laughs> visits there. My work is, is, I'm very fortunate, they're actually going to fly me over to London. I'm going over there in just over a week's time. And unfortunately, I couldn't get tickets. It was booked 
two months in advance or something. So, I mean, uh, may, maybe, you know, you can speak to someone. Now. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> but, uh, like, that's that's amazing. Like, obviously, if I had uh, Warner Brothers Studio down the road that had, you know, like the streets of Gotham or something, I'm sure I would be there all the time as well. You know, why haven't they done that yet? I mean, I know that you'll go to London and you'll think, oh, my God, okay, I can see where where there's, like, rubbish on the floor and things. That's very Gotham. But <laughs> why haven't they done that yet? You'd expect them to do something like that, surely. Well, I mean, they have. Here in Australia, there's actually a, a theme park called Warner Brothers Movie World on the Gold Coast. Ironically, I guess, I guess you could call me a bad Batman fan here, but I've never been there um, because it is in another state, and, uh, but it is somewhere I intend on going and I'm thinking about taking my nieces there there one, one day because they live in Queensland. I thought it would be a perfect excuse to go and see them and take them to down there. But they, exactly. for years, they've had um, Batman rides, but they also had uh, Batman shows, I think, stunt shows and things. And they've, they've like a Batmobile, you could get photos with the Batmobile. They had, um, for years there, they had a Catwoman, like the Michelle Pfeiffer style Catwoman, as well as like sort of, I think, familiar. I'm trying to think, is either like a, the Michael Keaton style sort of Batman or that Joel Schumacher um, from the. Uh, Batman Forever kind of Batman. I don't think they went the total uh, George Clooney nipples version of Batman. <laughs> but they, they they have a lot of stuff there and I've had friends that have gone there and they're like, you really should go there one day because you'll love it. And I, I have had it on my list of things that I want to visit. And as I said, I, I might uh, get to use my nieces as an excuse to do that as well. But, yeah, no, so they do have that. And I, when I was in LA, I went to the Warner Brothers um, – studio there as well and they do a studio tour and part of that studio tour was a massive warehouse that contains all the batmobiles and one of my favorite things about batman is the batmobile i love the the different vehicles you know they've had throughout the years starting right from back in the 66 version all the way through to now this this muscle car version that they did for the robert pattinson one um my favorite obviously being the michael keaton one I, i think that is a beautiful iconic yeah. Oh, it, when he presses the button, all this like armor comes over it. Yes, yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's got the armored. That's right. Yes, yeah, the armored version exactly. Um, and that's that's probably my favorite version. But they had all the different style Batmobiles. Um, when I went over there in 2018 in this warehouse, and they had all the different vehicles. Uh, they had the Tumbler. Um, they had lots of those vehicles and that was amazing when i was there with the tour guide because they only give you a short amount of time in there i'm like can we just get five more minutes i just want five more minutes to look at these things i was literally wearing a batman shirt with like the velcro cape on the back because i'm like was so excited to be at the warner brothers uh you know tour and because I, I knew i was going to see those vehicles and i was like mega fan here i really want to just have five more minutes and they did they gave me five more minutes so i was very happy for that <laughs> and, um, oh, wow. yeah so so there, there are versions of that but uh, i think um yeah they're more to do with like the theming and and a lot of it's sort of to do with the kids you know so that they can get yeah. them in and and get photo ops um yeah. but yeah i absolutely going back to the wizarding world stuff i love visiting the wizarding worlds i love the immersive uh going into the wizarding world in in tokyo and um la they're very much similar um, in the way that they've created them. But just you feel it. You feel when you walk in there and you can feel like you're actually within 
um, the movie. Uh, Butterbeer, one of my favorite drinks. Oh. I've always got to get Butterbeer when I'm there as well. You have to have the ice cream because the ice cream is my favorite Butterbeer ice cream. Oh, no, I don't think I've had Butterbeer ice cream. No, I've had the, I've had the, uh, Butterbeer, the the cold version, which is my favorite. There's a hot version, which I found found to be have a bit more of a spice to it. I didn't hot version. Yeah, they do like hot, yeah, they do like a hot version. Um, and then uh, in Japan, they had uh, pudding, like a butterbeer pudding, almost like a custardy jelly gelatin style pudding um, that you can that you can eat. Uh, so that was that was pretty good as well. Yeah. And there's <laughs> there's places that you can get um, manufacturers that make what they deem as like versions of butterbeer, but it's not the same thing. Um, no. So I've got to wait to get back to Tokyo. Hopefully I'm, I'm hoping to go next year if I can um, and get back there <laughs> and actually have some more butterbeer because I always have multiple cups whenever I'm there. I'm always like, yep, 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 multiple servings of butterbeer because I just love it. But tell you what, if you've missed out on tickets at the moment in Covent Garden in London, I think it is open next week as well, yeah. you can get the photographic experiences, but it's um, you don't have to pay to go in. They've got the giant ones on display in Covent Garden, the official ones. They've got um, a butterbeer selling, a, 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 a kind of a truck outside selling butterbeer. You're kidding um, this is amazing. Yeah. I've got to have to do it. Yeah, they've got all that going on. It's just like a celebration of uh, Secrets of Dumbledore. So, and you might just catch it. So I'll have to send you okay. the link for it. All right. I'm definitely going to, you're going to have to send me some more details of that in uh, our DM. Hell, yeah. Let me know where I've got to go because I'm definitely going to check that out. If I can get butterbeer, then that's going to make my trip all that much more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, look, I've taken plenty of your time uh, i've had a wonderful time chatting with you as always like last time we had such a great conversation and i i just feel uh you know we can talk and laugh together and you're such a friendly person you've been so gracious in giving me your time a second time as well um you've always been really delightful to speak to whenever we message each other as well um so thank you very much but before i let you go can you just let people know where can they find you and where can they go to follow you, especially for, oh, for Harry Potter fans? Yes, any any Harry Potters, uh, Fantastic Beast fans, uh, you can find me under Victoria McLean on YouTube, Victoria McLean on Instagram, Victoria McLean on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and on Facebook we have a big Harry Potter UK page as well, which is for any Harry Potter fan. And we don't just do it about me. We do it about all things Harry Potter Wizarding World. Um, we also put loads of like little secret kind of things if you find things in the shops. Those are like cheap stuff like Primark. People go crazy for Primark. Mm -hmm. So come on Harry Potter UK as well. So I'm everywhere. Everywhere on Google. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Well, I'll make sure to put some links um, in the podcast description as well. And as usual for people, if they want to follow Collecting Heroes, they can find me on Instagram as well at Collecting Heroes. Victoria was nice enough to send me some photos as most of my guests do so that you can actually see a, a few photos of her collection. But if you really want the full experience, go and check out her social media, check out her YouTube channel so you can see all of this amazing collection so victoria once again thank you very much uh enjoy the rest of your day and i've had a pleasure talking to you thank you very much for being on the show thank you for having me darling <laughs> if you like the episode 
please consider following or subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also join me on Instagram at Collecting Heroes, where you can see photos of the collections of the people that I'm talking to, as well as some of my own.